right. Good morning, High Desert Word Center. How's everybody doing today? Praise the Lord. It's good to be in the house of the Lord. A beautiful springtime morning. It is gorgeous out there. Enjoy the weather because tomorrow it's getting cold again. Come on, somebody. Give the Lord praise. All right. Thank you, Jesus. Well, we're going to have an awesome time today. We've got a great service planned for you, and we've got a whole lot of stuff coming up over the next few weeks, so we'll kind of announce some of that here in a second. But let's go ahead and stand up together this morning. Can we do that? Stand up together. We're going to speak some words of faith over the United States of America because we believe that Jesus is taking over America, amen, and that America is coming to Jesus. Can we get an amen today? Amen. Well, let's speak these words together, say it loud, say it proud, and say it like you mean it. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name, and in unity, we confess that Jesus Christ is Lord over the United States of America. We declare that righteousness, mercy, justice, and judgment from you shall prevail. We declare that America will complete her God-given mission to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world. We push back the darkness of Satan from this nation and call for the light of Jesus Christ to invade the media and every home, church, and school, and every town, city, and state of this great nation, the United States of America. In Jesus' name, amen. Give the Lord some praise today. Hallelujah. You may be seated. And I'm going to let Miss Katie kind of fill you in on a bunch of the great stuff going on right now. Hallelujah. Well, it's getting busy. Did y'all enjoy women's? Oh, you sinkers. Okay. Yeah, women's went good. Praise the Lord. And um, lift groups are coming. So those of you who are doing the Zoom thing uh, on Thursdays, the Zoom Bible study, that's awesome. And we are headed in the lift direction. Lift, living in faith together, we're headed to like being able to be at each other's homes again. So praise the Lord. That's a big deal. Um, HVAC didn't happen last week in case you didn't notice, but it is happening this coming Friday. Praise the Lord. Had a couple of delays because we, we ordered units and then we ordered some more units and then we ordered some more instead of doing one big order. So there was a delay in getting those and a delay in getting the crane here at the same time. So everything is all organized and going to happen this Friday, just in time for Easter, right? Resurrection Sunday is coming. So we have got some cool stuff going on that we'll announce a little bit more of next week. I'm trying to make sure that that's all buttoned up and for sure, for sure. But there is definitely going to be children's on that Sunday morning. So you can invite your friends and neighbors and your family and bring the kids with you. There will be children's service on that Sunday morning and uh, a party. And so we will make sure that we celebrate Jesus well. And we'll have invites and details for you this coming Sunday. Okay, so you can take those invites to your neighbors and your family and such. Also, other cool thing happening is the Sunday after Easter is April 11th. And our pastor's pastor... Dr. Barclay will be here with us on a Sunday morning, which is great. Yes, so don't miss out on Resurrection Sunday, April 4th, and Dr. Barclay Sunday, the following Sunday morning, okay? All right, very good, very good. And I also want to remind you, um, membership class is 
today uh, at, from 4 to 7 p.m., all right? And uh, so if you've signed up, we're going to be in Victory Hall. If you haven't signed up yet and you know that you're supposed to, you know who you are, go ahead and sign up, all right? And we will be over there 4 to 7. And guess what? Snacks and coffee are provided. Can we come on some? <laughs> yeah. People are like, a three-hour class? I don't think I could stay up that long. Oh, we will keep you awake. Have no mistake about it, right? So praise God. But it is a great time. And if you know that this is your home church, you're like, man, I'm ready to put down roots. I'm ready to have a church family and make this place my home. Then please go ahead and sign up, and we will have an awesome awesome time. All right. I'm going to have Miss Desiree Garcia come forward. Can we hear it for Miss Desiree? Amen. We love Miss Desiree. She is a wonderful part and a great leader here of the church, but she has a few words she wants to say and, uh, and praise God. Go ahead. Good morning, church family. I'm so excited to be here on a Sunday morning. I want to be anywhere else. So this Friday was a very special day. It was Miss Pastor's birthday. And I don't know about you guys, but I am excited that Jesus made us a Miss P, right? She has just been, oh my goodness, amazing for the years that I've known her. Um, she is loving, she's kind, she's sweet. And she puts up with us, but she also puts us in our place, right? She is our mama. And um, today we're going to take up a special love offering for her just to show her how much we appreciate and we love her. Um, man, Miss P has just totally blessed my life. When I came to this church, I've said this story a million times. I was a hot mess. You know, um, I needed Jesus, and I wanted Jesus. And I wanted my life to be right, and I wanted to be the very best person that I could possibly be. I was tired of the world. I was tired of living, you know, for the devil. I want to live for God. And when I met Miss P, you know, she was just so sweet and she always smiles. And I was thinking about her, um, this morning when I was, you know, putting together what I was going to say. And, you know, I don't think I've ever seen her come in this building cranky or upset or mad. She always comes in and she has that beautiful smile of hers, you know, and just ready to love on us, ready just to see how we're doing. And, you know, she makes, she does the best to do her rounds, to go talk to everybody and tell them how they're doing. And it's because of that love that I'm here today. It's because of her love. It's because, and I'm, so I'm sorry, I'm not going to get emotional. I'm not going to cry. <laughs> but it's because of that love that I am the person that I am today. It's because of that love that I'm saved. It's because of that love that you guys are here today. It's because of that love that you guys are saved. You guys found Jesus. You know, it's a very big thing to say, yes, Lord. But it's a very difficult thing to say, yes, Lord, I'm going to leave my family behind. I'm going to leave people that I know behind. I'm going to leave a state behind that I lived in forever. And I'm going to move all the way to California where I don't know anybody. I don't have any friends. I don't know, but Lord, I know you're calling me to go somewhere. And I'm going to listen and I'm going to follow. And because she followed the Lord, because her and pastor were obedient, High Desert Word Center is here and it's flourished. People are, lives are getting changed. People are getting saved. Families are restored. People are getting healed. You know, and I don't know 
where I would be if I didn't have Pastor and Miss Pete in my life. If I didn't have her to call on and be like, how do I do this? Or how do I deal with my kid in this situation? Or how do I, you know, how do I do this? How do I do that? How do? And she's so truthful, and it's all in the Bible. She will tell you biblically what the Bible says. She knows the Bible, and she loves Jesus. So let's take time today, and let's honor her. Let's tell her thank you. Let's tell her thank you for her faithfulness. Let's tell her thank you for the times that she's took and she's prayed for us, for the times that she's loved us, for the times when we were rascals and she still loved us and she still prayed for us and she still cared about us because that's what a mom does. That's what a mom does, and Miss P is the mom of this church. She is our mama. So um, with that being said, the usher over here, Jesse, my lovely husband, he has envelopes, so please make sure that on the envelopes you write Miss P's offering. Um, if you're going to make out a check, make it out directly to her, um, and let's just love on her. But before we do that, and um, if you guys want to write a special um, note to her on the back of that, that would be great. She likes notes and stuff like that, and that would really bless her. You know, if you put something on there that she's done for you, you know, that, that would be awesome. Um, but with that being said, why they're doing that, um, I'm going to read really quick First Timothy 5, 17 and 20, because it's one of my favorite verses on leadership. And it says, let the elders that rule be counted worthy of double honor, especially those who labor in the word and doctrine. And that is definitely Miss P. Like she, she works day and night, day and night, day and night. Um, she's wrote kids club curriculum. She does women's meetings. I mean, she does all kinds of things. She writes sermons, you know, so let's count her double honor today. Let's, um, just appreciate her and, and love on her. And when we bring our tithes and our offerings up, I believe there's going to be a special bucket. Um, Jesse's going to be holding that special bucket, and that's where you'll put that in for her. Um, and with that being said, now it's time for happy time, which I believe pastor's taking up. Wow, and I'm married to her after all of that. Wow, what? Desiree, thank you. That was very wonderful. But man, sometimes I think we live somebody like you hear all that. I think, wow, is that really the one that she's talking about? <laughs> but nah, she, she, she's always been that way. That's why I married her. That's why I married her. That's how she is. And she's definitely the first lady of the church. Let's give Mrs. Pastor another hand. Cause <clears throat> Amen. 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 That 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 was so good. Hallelujah. Amen. I want to look at Isaiah forty eight seventeen. And if you do need an envelope, the guys you know still have an envelope for your regular ties and offerings. But every time I take up an offering anymore, it seems the Lord has me go back to Isaiah forty eight seventeen. And Thank you, Dylan. And I, I want you to look at this again. You need to see this. And, you know, the Holy Ghost, I wanted, he gave me this verse again for this morning, and I thought, Lord, I've done that the last two or three times. I keep doing that. And I, I was going to do something else. And I thought, no, nah, he wants Isaiah forty-eight seventeen again. And let me tell you how important this is. How many here 
uh, are born-again Christians. You know, you know for sure that Jesus is in your heart, that you're going to go to heaven when you die. How many here consider yourself to be disciples of Christ, that you're his disciple, you're his student? And how many believe that the Bible really is true, that God's spiritual laws and God's principles work on the negative side and on the positive side? And I think about the laws of sowing and reaping. Galatians chapter 6 says, God not be mocked. Whatsoever man soweth, that shall he also reap, whether it's on the good side or the bad side. And when I look at this verse again today, and I talk about your money from God's perspective, listen to me closely. I was talking to Chuck a while ago about the revival is coming, but unless there's a major, 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 major change in the hearts of the people and the leadership of our nation, America has to crash first. California has to crash because God will not be mocked the laws of sowing and reaping. All these things going on are really, really, really bad, and I'm not going to major on it, but faith doesn't deny things. Faith deals with things, but I think about the Bible that I've studied for the last 41 years. I've taught, I've preached, I've lived by it. I know that this verse right here, Isaiah 48, 17, is something you got to take heed to because whatever things bad happen through the Bible times, God's people that were covered by the blood, walking in the light of the covenant that God put before them, just look at the children of Israel in Egypt, all those things came across Egypt. It says God's people weren't touched. God's people weren't affected. And God said, God said in the book of Exodus, he said, I want Egypt to know there's a difference between my people and them. And so what I've told you is this, the times we're living in right now, California and America can't keep doing what they're doing and get by with it forever. Amen. Harvest time does come. And so for us as Christians, we really better get it in our thinking, in our lifestyles. This is not business as usual times. You know, I know that uh, I used to sit under Dr. Lester Summerall a lot, and he taught about he taught about world history a lot. He talked about the he had he had he had a class the rise and fall of great civilizations, and then he went through the former Roman Empire and lots of places like that, and and just lots of different nations that used to be. You read about it; they used to be, they're not here anymore. One well, of the number one number one reasons that Dr. Summerall taught they fell was sexual depravity. God does not like the things going on in America right now. And there's going to come a day that God's going to say, well, do you remember a place used to be called Sodom and Gomorrah? And there was one family that got to come out of there at the New Testament because he lot the righteous man. And do you remember when God looked down in the days of Noah and God said, I he said, he said, man, the whole world's totally wicked and depraved. He said, what am I seeing? And then God told Noah, Noah, start getting prepared. And so look at Isaiah 48, 17. Thus saith the Lord, thy Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, I am the Lord thy God, which teaches you to profit. Now look at this. Which leads you by the way that thou shouldest go, which leads you by the way. 
that thou shouldest go, which leads you by the way that thou shouldest go. And so the New Testament says, for men who are led by the Spirit of God, they're the sons of God. The time we're living in, you better listen to God what he says in his word. God said, bring the tithe into the storehouse so I can open the windows of heaven and bless you, and I can rebuke the devourer for your sakes. God said in Malachi chapter 3, don't rob me in tithes and offerings. God said that. And so what I found out of 41 years of living as being a faithful tither at the same time, there's been times that God's told me the money I thought I needed for something else. God said, I want you to give this to that family. I want you to give this towards that project. I want you to give this to that missionary. I want you to do this. I want you to do that. And we've done our best to obey God all these years. And then when the world tried to crash around us financially other ways, all of a sudden, here come the money poured in because we obeyed God before the bad times came. And then because we sowed, we reaped. As I'm telling you right now, if you have been thinking about tithing, but you haven't been a tither, quit thinking about it, just do it. Amen. If God's been moving on your heart, that money you thought you had saved up for something else, and God says, I want you to do this with that money, then think of Isaiah 48, 17. He says, I'm going to teach you to profit. I'm going to lead you the way you should go. And so we as Christians need to take heed because the nation is no different than the individual life. If you keep on sowing into sin, you're going to crash. If the nation keeps on sowing the direction they're going, they're going to crash because God's not a liar. He'll not be mocked. And so we as Christians, we can pray for our country, for our state. We can do all we know to do to do right things. But if people make wrong choices, it doesn't have to destroy us. Amen. Amen. That's just free preaching just to help everybody because we are pastors. We love people. And I'm telling you, a thousand may fall my left hand, ten thousand by right, but it'll not come nigh me because I'm going to dwell in the secret place of the Most High. Amen. 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 Well, let's make our financial faith confession and stay faithful. Do it all God teaches you and leads you to do in life of His Word. As we bring the Lord's tithe and give offerings today, we believe we receive jobs or better jobs, promotions, raises and bonuses, benefits, sales and commissions, growth in business, settlements, estates and inheritances, interest and income, rebates and returns, checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, finding money, bills paid off, debts paid off, royalties received, blessings and increase. Thank you, Lord. Meet all my financial needs. So I have more than enough to take care of my family, to give generously in the kingdom of God, promote the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. I'm just so grateful this morning that we know the anointed one. And just like Moses, that we know his ways and not just his works. And I'm so grateful that we can just worship him for all he does and who he is. Let's all just stand up together. Be ready to worship the Lord. Step out of the shadow. Step out of the grave. Break into the wild. And don't be afraid. 
Run into wide open spaces, graces waiting for you. Dance like the weight has been lifted, graces waiting. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom, there is freedom. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom, there is freedom. Sound of Jesus' name. Life made 
God of Abraham, the God of covenant, and of faithful promises. And time and time again, you have proven you do just what you said. Though the storms may come and the winds may blow, I'll remain steadfast. And let my heart learn when you speak of it will come to pass. Great is your faithfulness to Great is your faithfulness to me. From the rising sun to the setting same, I will praise your name. Great is your faithfulness to From age to age, though the earth may pass away, your word remains the same. Your history can prove there's nothing you can't do. You're faithful and true. Though the storms may come and the winds may blow, I'll remain steadfast. Speak of it, it will come to pass. Great is your faithfulness to me. Great is your faithfulness to
second of our lives where you were not faithful. And God, we know that times maybe we haven't been faithful to you, but you've been faithful to us. You are always there. You are always on time. You always come through for us. Lord, we love you and we praise your name this morning. You are good and your mercy it endures forever and ever and ever and ever. Hallelujah. There's a, a story that, I don't know, just came to my my heart just a minute ago. And there's this time that 
Jesus had gone off to pray by himself because he did that a lot. He needed some peace and quiet. He was out there praying, and the disciples, they just take off in the boat, and they're out there several miles into the water, and it's the middle of the night, the early morning hours, and Jesus comes walking to them on the water. And and, and it said that the the wind and the waves were getting kind of scary, and, and things, they had gone from good to really bad all of a sudden. And it was scary. The disciples, you know, they're professionals at this, but, but they're trying to row against the waves and the wind and everything. And then they see somebody walking towards them in the middle of the night in the dark on water, and they start flipping out. What's going on? But I love what Jesus said right here in Mark chapter 6 and verse 50. He said, don't be afraid. Take courage. I am here. And I love that because, amen, sometimes we may feel like it's all the wind is blowing and the waves are crashing down and things are going crazy. And here comes Jesus right in the midst of it all and says, don't be afraid. I'm here now. Everything's going to be all right. Just trust in me. And that's what I want to encourage us with today is that is maybe it feels like you're in the middle of it all right now and things are a little bit crazy, but Jesus, the same Jesus that showed up back then is here today. He didn't go anywhere. He's alive. He's well. He's doing great. He's right here saying the same thing he's always said. Don't be afraid. I am here. And he's here with us right now. You know, this week marks 52 weeks uh, since uh, since kind of, you know, everything shut down a year ago. Our last service of last year before we shut down for a little bit was March 15th of last year. Well, today's March 14th, and so it's been 52 weeks. And through it all, I can say Jesus has been here. He's been faithful. We're all still here, aren't we? <laughs> Amen. We're alive. We're well. Jesus is good. And so just like we were just singing, great is your faithfulness to me. I love Jesus, and he's been nothing but good to me. I couldn't say one bad thing about him. He's been nothing but good to me and my family, and I encourage you that he's been nothing but good to you too. And so we're going to learn a little bit more about him today. Who loves Jesus? I mean... You're not just saying that, but Jesus is, I mean, he's all I've got. He is everything to me, but the good news is he may be all I've got. He's also all that I need. The Lord is my shepherd. I've got everything I need right there. Why am I searching for money? Why am I searching for all this other baloney when I've got everything I need because I've got the good shepherd? Can somebody give the Lord some more praise this morning? Hallelujah. Well, you can be seated today. You may be seated. We are going to have us a good old time. Praise God. You picked a great day to come to church. Who knows that much? I realize I say that just about every single time, but I feel that every day is a good day to go to church. I haven't found a bad one yet. There's not been a day of like, well, this wasn't a very good day to go to church. Hey, it's always a good day to be in the house of the Lord. Praise God. Well, Joel, can you put the PowerPoint up there? We're going to talk for a few minutes today um, about something. I don't know. We were in prayer a couple weeks ago, and I was uh, looking through some verses as we were praying, and something just really spoke to me. Have you ever, you just come across a verse that maybe you've read before, and at that point in time, it just really, 
resonated with you. And I read this verse, and it kind of cleaned my clock. It kind of rang my bell. It kind of scrambled my eggs for a minute there, if you know what I mean. I was like, what in the world is this? And so the title today is this, Who Are You Trying to Make Happy? Who are you trying to make happy? Are you trying to just make yourself happy? You're trying to make your friends happy? You're trying to make society happy? You're trying to make Jesus happy? You're trying to make the powers that be happy? Who are you trying to make happy? And so the opening verses that I'm going to look at where this all comes from is John chapter 12. Can you flip over there this morning? John chapter 12. That was weak, but I forgive you. Amen. I said, we're reading the Bible today. This is the word of God. John chapter 12. All right, all right. I'm I'm starting to believe you. I believe you, but my Tommy gun don't. No, I'm kidding. All right. Okay. Uh, John chapter 12, and we're going to look at a few verses here this morning. And this is this is uh, something that you know. It's it, we read this, and it seems like, man, how could anybody be like that? But listen, this strikes eerily close to home for where we are at in 2021. John chapter 12, verse 42. And 43, it says this, many people did believe in him, however, including some of the Jewish leaders, but they wouldn't admit it for fear that the Pharisees would expel them from the synagogue. Look at this, for they loved human praise more than the praise of God. Think about that. These, there was people, even amongst the Jewish leaders, they, they saw the things that Jesus was doing. They saw the, they heard the word that he was preaching and they're like, you know what? This must really be the son of God. This guy must really be who he says that he is. And there was a whole lot of people that believed in Jesus. Some people believed in him so much that they were willing to die for him and they publicly declared their allegiance to him. But then there was a whole other group of people They believed in him all right, but they were too afraid to admit it. They were too afraid to actually stand up for what they believed in for fear that, well, they'll kick me out of where I've always been. I will be cut off from the rest of my circle that I have always been in if they find out that this is what I truly feel like and believe. And why did they, why were they willing to sacrifice all that Jesus had to offer For the feelings of other people. Why? Because they loved human praise more than the praise of God. Now that, I mean, that just does something. I I read that and I'm like, oh my gosh, Lord Jesus, never ever let me be like that. May there never be one moment in time where God looks down there and says, oh, he won't stand up for me. He, He cares more about what those people think than what I think. That, I mean, that shakes me on the inside. The Message Bible put it this way, verse 43, the Message Bible said, when push came to shove, they cared more for human approval than for God's glory. When push came to shove, these people cared more for human approval than for God's glory. Can you imagine that? That you care more. Well, I I know that God's telling me to do this. I know that the Bible clearly says that this is the right way to believe and the right way to do. But if I take that route, if I go that path, I don't think that all these people, my family's probably not going to like that very much. My friends, the people at school, the people at work, the people around me, the Bible clearly says this, but I don't think that they're going to approve of that. So I'm just going to have to 
stay silent. I'm just going to have to do what I've always done. I'm just going to have to ignore that part of the Bible. That's a sad place to be in. Yet it wasn't just back then that people did that. People do that right now. If you stand up for what the Bible really says, they'll cancel you. It's called cancel culture. (laughs) Now, that may not be something fun to talk about, but this is a horrific attack. In fact, I was, I was watching this documentary the other night, and maybe I'm just behind the, behind the ball here, but this guy kept referring to this BCE, you know, referring to dates, and he kept saying BCE, and I'm like, what is, it's BC. What the heck is BCE? And I had to look it up, but, but it it came up in a, not in a, a Christian dictionary, but I googled it, and I think the English dictionary from Oxford or whatever pulled up and it said, BCE stands for before common something and the, and the reason we use this now is to eliminate the, the 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 name of Christ from telling time so it doesn't offend people that don't believe in Christ and to and, and I mean this was just a secular dictionary it's to get rid of the name of Christ so as people that don't believe in Christ aren't offended and that we don't in, include him in our culture and it's basically straight up said that I'm like I'm going to say BC before Christ, and I'm going to say A.D. after death, because that's what it is. That's how we've always told time. We're not going to cancel the name of Jesus. We're not going to cancel the name of Christ, because it may offend somebody, yet there are plenty of people who are like, no, I believe in him. I, I do, but I just need to kind of keep this, because they love human praise more than the praise of God. Now, we all stand before God someday. I don't know if we all realize that or not. But every human being will stand before the Almighty at some point when this life is over. And give an account. Now, I don't want to stand up before God and be like, Hey, why, why wouldn't you just stand up for I stood up for you. When the devil was thumbing you around and, and thumping you around, I stood up for you and I died on the cross for you. You couldn't at least just, hey, admit that you believed in me? That's something to think about. And so, no matter what this world says, you can't believe that. You can't say that anymore. Listen, I will boldly declare this. Isaiah 50, verse 7, the HDWC theme verse for 2021. Because the sovereign Lord helps me, I will not be disgraced. Therefore, I have set my face like a stone, determined to do His will, and I know that I will not be put to shame. Somebody say amen today. The sovereign Lord is on my side. If God is for me, who can be against me? And the way my dad always said it growing up, if God is for me, what difference does it make who's against me? Amen. One of him counts for seven billion of them. And even more than that, God is on our side. And so listen, we're going to look at a few things here today regarding who are you trying to make happy. And really, I think everybody, even if you're a regular church going, God-fearing, red-blooded American Christian, you need to identify where you're at with this and and take a a, a real look at yourself, all right? And so we're going to look at a few things here regarding who are you trying to make happy. Number one, and I'm going to say this today, number one, I can't live to please other people. I just flat out can't do it because there's too many people to please. 
There's too many different opinions. There's, there's too many different, well, well, if you do this, you'll offend me. Okay, I won't do that. Well, if you don't do this, you'll offend me. Okay, well, I'll start doing it again. And, and if you're just trying to make everybody happy, you're gonna be spinning in circles and you're gonna die trying to make people happy. And so, what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to teach us how to thrive and stay strong during the end times that we're living in. And if you haven't realized this, this yet, there are people and things from every direction trying to pull you their way. Have you felt the pull? Have you felt the tug? Have you felt things trying, well, no, you gotta go this way. And, and, and there is a war for your soul, whether you realize it or not. There is, and you gotta draw a line in the sand and say, you know what? No, I've made my decision and I ain't going that way. I'm staying right here with Jesus. And so you've gotta know this much that you can't make everybody happy and that means you're gonna make some people angry. That's the flat out truth. And that's okay because I'm not looking for their approval. I'm looking for God's approval. There's this one time in the book of John where all these people are like, well, we don't approve of what Jesus is doing. He's healing people on the Sabbath. And Jesus straight up said to their face, your approval doesn't mean anything to me. All I care about is if my father approves of me. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, Jesus ain't playing around. And if we're going to do this thing right, we've got to. And again, I, I say this every week, but we're not out there trying to offend people trying to be abrasive. That's not who I am at all. But we've got to get to this place in life where we say, you know what? Your approval doesn't mean Jack to me. His approval means the entire world to me. And if you disapprove of me, but God says I approve, then I'm good. I can live with that. But if you say, all right, you're finally doing what we want, Dave. We approve of what you're saying now, but God says, I can't approve of that. That's wrong. Then I have failed. We're living for his approval. Look at this, Galatians chapter 1. Can we look at Galatians chapter 1? Amen. So we're not looking for their approval. In fact, I would go as far as to say this. If the world and all those crazy people approve of me, I'm probably doing something wrong. If all the crazies and the yahoos approve of me, I'm probably doing something wrong. Because their belief system is highly skewed, if you haven't noticed that. So Galatians 1. We've seen some of what Jesus has to say on the topic, but let's look at what the Apostle Paul has to say, because I always value what his opinion. He is my hero, the Apostle Paul. Uh, he went through a lot for Jesus. He was a bold, bold man. But Galatians chapter 1, and we're going to look here at verse 10. And I love what he says here. Galatians 1 verse 10 Obviously, I'm not trying to win the approval of people, but of God. If pleasing people were my goal, I would not be Christ's servant. So I'll, I'll just say it now. If your goal is to make people happy with you and approve of you and to please everybody, being a Christian is probably not your thing. I would definitely say being a preacher is definitely not your thing. <laughs> being a Christian leader, you're not cut out for it. If you want to make, if, if, if you're like Paul and you want to please God, I love what he says here. Obviously, I'm not trying to win the approval of people, but of God. If pleasing people were my goal, I would not be Christ's servant. I would be their servant. You're trying to please whoever it is that you serve. If you're serving Christ, 
then you want to please him and you want his approval. If you're serving the world and everybody else around you, if you're serving them, then you want to please them and you want to do what they tell you to do. You want to say what they tell you to say. You want to feel how they tell you to feel. You want to believe what they tell you you can believe. And the reason I even discuss this is because we are in a critical time of world history right now. This very final chapter of things before Jesus comes back and the pressure is on to squeeze you into the mold of society around you. There are some people that blindly go along with it. And then there is a remnant, a percentage of Christians that say, I can't do that. I'm not going there. Cut me off. Cancel me. Do what you got to do. But I'm not going there. I'm sticking with my master. I'm sticking with Jesus. And if that offends people, then so be it. But I cannot change. I cannot recant. I cannot go back to what you want me to be. And that makes some people angry. I like what Joyce Meyer said. She said, trying to meet everybody's expectations is like trying to drain the ocean with a teaspoon. Trying to meet everybody's expectations is like trying to drain the ocean with a teaspoon. You're sitting there working, and the more that you try to do what they want you to do, the more the big hole just fills back in, and it gets worse and worse and worse. I'm not trying to meet your expectations. I'm trying to meet Jesus' expectations for my life. And we need to all say the same thing because when we seek to please him first, everything else falls into place. Everything else falls into place. But there will be some resistance along the way because your old friends and family, they liked it when you valued their opinion more than God's. They liked that. They liked it when they could control you. And, you know, that may sound like, but they liked it when you did what they thought you should do with your life. And I've heard it said so many times from so many people that have gotten saved and come into church. They're like, you know what? When I was out drunk and smoking and, and smoking weed and, 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 and when I was a loser, that didn't bother any of my family. They didn't care. But the second I came into this church, the second that I got rid of all that stuff and started going to church three times a week, now they think I'm a fanatic and they think I'm crazy. Why is that? It didn't bother them when you were drunk and out at the club and partying and being a, you know, a, a wild, crazy man. But the second you, you come to church, you come here two or three times a week, you give 10% of your income to the, to, to God. Oh my God. This, they've lost it. They're off their rocker. We need my dad's family. They staged an intervention. Right. They literally his parents and family, they didn't care when he was drunk and when he was fighting and all this stuff. But he started going to a church in Indianapolis, gave his life to the Lord, totally instantly walked away from beer and cigarettes instantly, instantly gave those things up, started giving 10 percent of his income to the church. His family, like, we're worried about you. Something's wrong. What is wrong with you? You're crazy. And they tried to talk about they tried to get him committed to an institution. But they were fine when he was drunk. Why is that? Because he was not looking for their approval. Their approval didn't mean anything anymore. Your approval doesn't mean anything to me. I'm trying to win the approval of my father in heaven. And that rubs some people the wrong way, buddy. 
And I know this much, that some of your biggest resistance, there's some people here that are newer to the faith that have more recently come to Jesus, and some of your fiercest critics are people from your own family, sometimes within your own house. Look at this, Luke chapter 12. Can we go to Luke chapter 12? Are you still with me today? We're not going too wild here, are we? All right, Maxine likes wild. I like it wild. I've been to boring churches. I have been to those. Not my thing, you know. Some people like it. I don't like boring. Luke chapter 12, and we're going to look at verses 52 through 56. Luke 12, verses 52 through 56. Now, Jesus had some something pretty interesting to say right here. I mean, this is kind of a little bit of a shocker. Luke chapter 12. And we're going to look here at verses 52 through 56. And so Jesus said, from now on, families will be split apart. Three in favor of me and two against. Or two in favor and three against. Father will be divided against son and son against father. Mother against daughter and daughter against mother. And mother-in-law against daughter-in-law. And daughter-in-law against mother-in-law. Verse 54, then Jesus turned to the crowd and said, when you see clouds beginning to form in the west, you say, here comes a shower. And you're right. When the south wind blows, you say, today will be a scorcher. And it is. Verse 56, you fools, you know how to interpret the weather signs of the earth and sky, but you don't know how to interpret the present times. Jesus said, you guys, you don't get it yet. When you really receive Jesus and you say it's a hundred percent for Jesus, it is going to change the dynamic of some families. That's sad, but there's no doubt about it. When you fully commit to Jesus, sadly, there may be people in your life, those closest to you, that they are not going to approve of it and they're not going to like it. Jesus said it'll turn son against father, father against son. Daughter-in-law against mother-in-law. Brother against sister. Husband against wife sometimes. It is going to tug you back and forth. But my question today is this. Who are you trying to make happy? Who are you trying to make happy? And we know this much, according to Jesus, that in the end times, some of your fiercest critics will come from within your very own home. They will share the same last name as you, the same DNA, and they will not approve of how committed you are to Jesus. That's sad. And it can change. Thank God it can change. But it changes when you choose Jesus above everything else. It will not change if you decide, you know what? I'll just, you know, maybe I'll just forget this. I got to do this. That is not how you change things for the better. Jesus is always the answer. Are we right on that? He's always the answer. And so, number one, I can't live to please other people. But let's take it a step further and go against some of our modern day beliefs. Number two, I can't live to only please myself. Now, that's kind of a a sacred cow issue. That's kind of something that may not agree with everything that we've heard and believe because you're not told that in 2021. All you hear is do what makes you happy. Just do what makes you happy. What makes me happy is sleeping in every day. What makes me happy is going out into the woods and not dealing with people. 
I mean, hey, if I, I would go out, I'd be out in the mountains right now, not seeing another person for the next year, and I would be fine with it. Listen, you can't just do what makes you happy. I know we've been told that. I hear that every day, and we're told that. Well, what if what makes you happy is taking other people's money? Should you do it? It makes me really happy when I go to 7-Eleven and grab a Slurpee and then take all the money out of the cash register. I feel great. I, I haven't done that. I'm just saying, what if somebody said that? Like, well, you, 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 in that case, you can't just do what makes you happy unless being in jail makes you happy. Then you'll love that because that's where you're going to end up at. Now, there is some truth to the phrase, you know, do what makes you happy. I mean, I get that. You should do a job that you enjoy, right? I, you know, I get it. You're not going to love every second of it like some people think that they should, but you should do a job that makes you happy and you enjoy. Duh. Absolutely. I've had jobs that I hate. And I've had jobs that I love. I prefer the jobs that I love a lot better than the jobs that I hate. I get that. So, yeah, do do it, do that. That makes you happy. Or it's okay to have a hobby that makes you happy so long as it doesn't pull you away from God. Right? But to base your entire life off of the myth that do whatever makes you happy, that is a very poor and immature way to live your life. That is not a good foundation. Well, I just, I don't believe that. I, 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 I will say this, that overall basing your entire life off of what makes you feel happy that day is an epic sign of immaturity. Everybody wants happiness, but Jesus offers you something better than happiness. He offers you joy. Chasing happiness is a never, it's like a dog chasing its tail. You ever seen that? A dog just sitting there spinning in circles and it's like, bud, you've already got it. It's, it, it's attached to you. You've already got it. You've got what you need right there. And there are Christians chasing this happiness all the time, trying to catch it. I'm like, you've already got it. If you would just tap in to what's already been given to you, it's called joy. When you discover joy, when you tap in to the joy of the Lord, you quit chasing happiness, and you, at that point, are fulfilled. The most miserable people I know, and I can say this, I've got tons of faces flashing before my mind even as I make this statement. The most miserable people I know are the ones that are always chasing this mythical happiness for themselves. And on the other hand, the happiest, most joyful people that I know in this world are the ones that are not living their lives for themselves. They're living their lives for Jesus. Well, that sounds cheesy. That sounds like just some uh, generic thing to say. There's nothing generic or cheesy about that. The most fulfilled, joyful, happy, upbeat people that I know are the ones that gave up trying to make themselves happy all the time. And they're people that, you know what? The more that I give my life to Jesus, the more joy and happiness and fulfillment I've got. What was I thinking? Quit chasing happiness. And when you chase Jesus, it'll be given to you. But it'll be something better than happiness. It's something called joy. Happiness is an emotion and it changes. What made you happy yesterday may not make you happy today. Yesterday, you were craving Taco Bell, so you got it and you were happy. Today, Taco Bell's not going to make you happy. Pardon the weak illustration. That wasn't my best stuff. I, I realize I could have done better than that, okay? Give me another chance here. Forgive me, all right? But what I'm saying is this. 
if you're just constantly chasing happiness, it's a never-ending chase. But when I seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, all these things are added unto me. I don't chase happiness. It chases me. I don't chase all these things the world is chasing. They chase me. Fulfillment chases me because I'm chasing Jesus. King David said in Psalm 1611, in your presence is fullness of joy. All I've got to do is stick in the presence of God and I will have the fullness of joy. I don't need a bunch of money to make me happy. I don't need a bunch of people approving of me to make me happy. I don't need to have fun 24-7 to make me happy. I need Jesus. People say, follow your heart. Now, that's a fine thing to do if your heart is sold out to Jesus. Then, yeah, follow your heart because it is born again. But... If your heart isn't sold out to Jesus, it's very poor advice to follow your heart because Jeremiah said, the heart above all things is wicked and deceptive. (laughs) Now, that's not talking about a born-again Christian or somebody that's sold out to Jesus, but if Jesus isn't your number one, then following your heart is not going to be a very safe guide. But I can say this, if your heart is sold out to Jesus, absolutely follow it because it's going to do nothing but lead you straight to the word of God. Can somebody say amen? Amen. All right. I'm going to grab my notes. Time out. All right. Praise God. I'm, I'm, I'm working on this. I'm going to get better at this preaching thing someday. All right. So look at Romans chapter 14, Romans chapter 14. Amen. Who's having a good time? So, you know, oftentimes, you know, you know, we, when couples are struggling in the marriage, I, I hear phrases like, he just doesn't make me happy anymore. Right? I just want to be happy and she doesn't make me feel that way. I will just say it now. That is not grounds for divorce. Thank you, Dad. Listen. <laughs> Listen. Because she doesn't make you feel happy anymore, that's not a reason, a biblical reason for divorce. Now, I love my wife with all of my heart. Praise God. We've been, we've, I think we've been together more than, more than 50% of our lives now, right? Cause we've been, I don't know. Anyway, we're, I'll do the math later, but yeah, we've been together longer than we haven't been together. And, uh, but I'll say this much. I don't put the burden of my happiness upon her shoulders. That's pathetic. That's stupid. Well, I'm not happy because she doesn't make me happy anymore. Nowhere in our marriage vows did I say that it was her personal mission in life to do nothing but see to it that I am happy all of the time. I don't look, she makes me happy and praise God, we're blessed. My family's blessed. I love it. But I don't put the burden of my happiness and my emotions upon them. I look to Jesus for my fulfillment and my happiness and my joy. And guess what? It's worked out great. That's working. I mean, come on. When, when I, when I'm seeking Jesus with all my heart, yeah, man, he blesses the family. He blesses everything else, but it is not her mission in life to see to it that Dave Samples is constantly and consistently happy. I don't put that burden on her. I look to Jesus for my fulfillment. Amen. Some days I'm happy. Some days I'm not, but that's not her fault. Thank you. Thank you. Romans 14. 
that went over really, really good. Romans 14, verses 7 and 8. Again, the apostle says, For we don't live for ourselves or die for ourselves. If we live, it's to honor the Lord. And if we die, it's to honor the Lord. So whether we live or die, we belong to the Lord. What is he saying right there? Man, my, I'm living to honor God. I am living to honor. I'm not living for myself. I'm not even dying for myself. I mean, come on. That's a pretty, Paul always takes it a step further. I'm not, not only am I not living for myself, I'm not dying for myself. I'm living and I'm dying for the honor of God, for the honor of Jesus. Everything I do, my entire existence is about Jesus. Well, man, that doesn't sound very fun. All I know is the people that have that same attitude are the happiest, most joyful, fulfilled people I know. And the people that don't have that attitude are the most miserable people that I know. That's the absolute truth. And as a Christian, this should be our attitude. Living only for yourself is the worst way to live a life. What did we read in John chapter 12? These people, they believed in Jesus. They're, oh, no, no doubt about it. This guy, he must be the Messiah. He must be the Savior that we've been hearing about. But no one else... I, I'm, I'm going to lose some people. I'm, I'm going to, people are going to cancel me. They're going to kick me out of the synagogue if I admit to it. They loved the praise of man more than the praise of God. That's what I'm talking about today. And I'm saying this, that if I only care about what makes me happy, if I'm living to please myself, that's a miserable existence. In our generation, we see a, a lot of fake people, all right? fake people online. They portray these stupid images of self-indulgence and fake happiness. Quite frankly, people are pretty obsessed with themselves these days. And, you know, let's just get real. You know, I was thinking the other day about what if, you know, I always imagine like, you know, because I watch old TV shows. I watch like nothing made after the 1970s. It's not because, it's just because I'm super old on the inside. It's not that I'm trying to be holy. It's just that's what I like. And so I watch a lot, a lot of Little House on the Prairie, okay? So take this journey with me back in time. And so I'm like, uh, uh, you know, what, 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 can you imagine those people from like the 1860s and 70s? What if one of them asked somebody from the future, what will the world be like in 2021? Ooh, what would it be like? I'm like, well, well, Charles Ingalls, people are going to sit around taking photographs of themselves all the time. Pictures of themselves. I know, right? If there's ever a national emergency, they'll buy all the toilet paper. Like, what is that? Uh, 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 you'll be, you'll be free to believe and do whatever you want to do as long as it's what everybody else tells you to believe and do. But yeah, it'll be a totally free society as long as you do what they tell you to do. Then you're free. It's great. It's awesome. You're gonna you're gonna love it. I think they'd say, you know what? I think we'll just stay back here. We don't want to go. That's that's fine. <laughs> but but seriously, what are we doing? <laughs> Who are we trying to make happy here? I don't need everybody else to pat me on the back. I need Jesus to pat me on the back because I'm not going to stand in front of you after I die. I'm going to stand in front of Jesus. You're not going to be the one judging my life at the end. 
You're not going to be the one deciding if I'm getting into heaven or not. I'm standing before God Almighty. And so that's something to think about. But I, I, I look at Peter. Peter's a good example to look at as someone who at one point caved to the pressure around him. And then at another point, he changed. And so that gives me hope that there may be some people that are Christians that they have caved to the pressure around them to kind of take it a little bit easier on their beliefs. But listen, there's hope for you yet. Peter, when Jesus, at the times that he was popular, we know that he wasn't always popular, but at the times that he was doing miracles and raising the dead and, and people were, you know, they were throwing palm branches, right, when he came into Jerusalem, Hosanna, Hosanna. Peter was right there beside him. Thank you, everybody. Yes, I work with Jesus. Hallelujah. He was fine with it. He, he totally loved that. And then at Jesus' lowest, darkest moment, when they were getting ready to kill the man, people say, wait a minute. You're from Galilee. We recognize your accent. In fact, we saw you with him just the other day. I don't even know that guy. What are you talking about? Then a second time. No, 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 no. We, we recognize you. You were with him just last week. I don't even know. I never met the man. And then a third time, someone comes up and says, no, no, you're, you were one of his disciples, weren't you? And he cusses at them and says, I don't even know that guy. Wow. And then the rooster crowed for the third time, and Peter had a mental and emotional breakdown right there. The tough, mean sailor, the, 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 the man... The manly man, he broke down and ran out of there, crying his eyes out because Jesus had always been there for him. Jesus always stood up for him. And then the one time Jesus needed somebody to stand up for him, Peter folded under the pressure. I don't even know who that guy is. I never met him in my life. Oh, my gosh. Think about maybe we feel like we haven't been to that extreme. But listen. We can never, ever, ever, ever give in to the pressure because, listen and mark my words, the pressure will get more intense. It will get more intense. You can't, you can't read that part of the Bible anymore. You can't say that. No, 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 no. That, that's offensive. You, uh, we know it says that, but, but, or, you mean you believe that stuff? You believe? Seriously? You will have opportunities to take your stand for Jesus if you haven't yet. And you better have some backbone because I don't want that conversation when I get to heaven. Man, why couldn't you be there for me? I was there for you. Why couldn't, why couldn't you just stand up for me that one time? I mean, I don't want that conversation. All I want to hear is, well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of the Lord. You, you get in there. This is, get in there. That's your new home. That's what I want to hear. But the good news for Peter was he corrected it. In fact, he was so intense in the book of Acts that he was arrested time and time again for preaching in the name of Jesus. And in fact, church history tells us that the final time Peter was arrested and sentenced to death by the Romans, they said, you're dying on a cross. We are going to crucify you. And he said, that's fine. I welcome it. I dare you, do it, but get it, mark my words, I am not worthy to die the same way that Jesus died. Hang me on a cross, but hang me upside down, because I don't deserve to even die the same way he did. 
whoa, my gosh. And Peter died on a cross like Jesus did, but he was hung upside down on that cross. And he had the name of Jesus on those lips until his final breath. He never again caved to the pressure to denounce the name of Jesus Christ. And, you know, thinking about stuff like that, I mean, over the last year, my mind has thought a whole lot more than it ever did before. What are you willing to endure for Jesus? You know, before I was like, well, I guess I I reckon I could lose a little sleep for him. I don't know, man. I reckon I could give a little money to the church, to the missionaries. You know, there's things that we thought we sacrificed. But the reality and the weight of that question is heavier now more than it's ever been in your life or my life. What are we willing to endure for Jesus? Are we willing to go all the way? You know, I mean, that's not a popular thing to to ask or to think about. But how far are you willing to take it in your belief for Jesus? Are you willing to lose some people? Are you willing to lose some things? Are you willing to lose some popularity? And, and, and what are you willing to lose for Jesus? And I, after taking a, Really long, hard look at myself. I'm willing to lose everything for Jesus. Because anything I lose here, heaven will more than make up for it. I will live at the absolute longest on this earth, 120 years. I don't personally want to live for 120 years. That sounds crazy. I mean, 90 or 100 tops. But I I don't want to be here in 20 years. I want to get to heaven, dude. Come on. But listen, if I live to be 120 years old here on this earth, I'm going to be up there for the next 700 billion never-ending years. No matter how long I live here, it, it, it equals to about 15 minutes in the heavenly time zone. And so why would I not give up some things here if it's going to more than make up for it for the next trillion years up there? Food for thought, something to think about. Do with that what you want to do with it. But... The reality of who am I trying to make happy, what am I willing to give up for Jesus, is a more serious question than it's ever been before. And I'll say this, to be honest with everybody, most of the new politicians have made their feelings about Christians abundantly clear. They don't care too much for us. I'll tell you that right now. We You know, if uh, the state of California, if the Supreme Court had not forced their hand a month ago, they'd still, today marks the day that they're letting restaurants and stuff open at a certain capacity. But if the Supreme Court had not forced their hand and forced them to, churches would still be ordered to be shut down in California. Guarantee it. I'm not getting political, but he doesn't care anything about us, and he's made that clear. Most politicians at the national level and the state level, they don't care about Christians. And that's not a, yeah, I mean, if that's shocking news to you and that's mind blowing, then I don't know where you've been, but let's just get real. That's not even controversial to say. They don't even mind it. They don't even mind letting you know that. And so what I'm saying is this, who are you trying to make happy? Trying to make them happy? Are you trying to make Jesus happy? Who are you living for? And so Many of the top politicians, I'll say this, you know, most of them, they either see us as of no use to what they need or they see us as a threat to what they believe. Well, we can't do that if if they're still teaching that and preaching that and doing that. One of those two things, most of them, but what I got to say is this, 
I am not looking for your approval. I say like Jesus said in the book of John, your approval means nothing to me. The only approval I care about is that of my Father in heaven. I'm not out trying to tick you off, but I'm not afraid of it either. And so they can try to cancel us, silence us, eventually jail us if that's what they want to do. Who cares? But it won't stop the name of Jesus Christ. Paul said this in 2 Timothy. He was locked up. He was in jail. The last letter that he wrote, he was in chains as he was writing this. He said, I am chained right now, but the word of God cannot be chained. They can lock me up, but they can't lock the word of God up. It's alive. It's powerful. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. The word of God cannot be chained. And that's really good news because my entire life is based off of this thing. They can try to take everything away, but they cannot take the word of God away from me because I have hidden his word in my heart, as David said, Psalm 119, that I may not sin against him. So I'm not living for other people. I'm not even living to only make myself happy. But number three, I'm living for Jesus. That's my entire life, my entire existence. And I know you're saying the same thing. Amen. You're saying the same thing. Amen. You're living for Jesus. Now, I want to close out with a verse we've already looked at, but we're going to look at it again because we can do that. Isaiah chapter 50 and verse 7, and that is the HDWC theme verse for 2021. You better know this. If you don't know it, learn it. Isaiah 50 and verse 7, because you are going to have to have some tenacity. You're going to have to have some backbone. You're going to have to have some guts to really do this thing right, to live the Christian life the way that it's supposed to be lived. Now, I will say this, and I'll preach this every day of my life, that God is a good God. He wishes above all things that you would prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. I believe Psalm 91, that though a thousand fall at your left hand and ten thousand at your right, it won't even touch you. And I, I mean, I, listen, I, we, we preached that on this exact Sunday a year ago. We were preaching that. Everyone's scared and what's going on. And yeah, I know people that got sick this year. I know people that lost some money this year. I get all that. But guess what? We're still here today. Amen. A thousand fell at my left hand. Ten thousand at my right. But praise God, I've never been healthier in my entire life. I know so many of you are saying the same thing, not putting down anybody that's been sick. That's not at all what I'm doing. But what I'm saying is this. I have never been healthier than I am in my entire life right now. Man, it's awesome. I love standing. Why? Because when everything went crazy, I just started standing on the word of God more than I've ever stood on it before. I am more blessed than I've ever been in my entire life. Why? Because I'm living for Jesus. Isaiah 50, verse 7, because the sovereign Lord helps me, I will not be disgraced. Therefore, I have set my face like a stone, determined to do his will, and I know that I will not be put to shame. Can we stand up together today? Can we stand up together? 
We're going to say this. We're going to read this together. Why? Because the government told us to not chant together. And I didn't know what that meant, but now I know what it means. We're going to chant together. We're going to speak some scripture together. Isaiah 50 and verse 7. Let's read this together. Because the sovereign Lord helps me, I will not be disgraced. Therefore, I have set my face like a stone, determined to do his will, and I know that I will not be put to shame. Give the Lord some praise today. And so what it all boils down to is this. Who are you trying to make happy? If you're trying to make everybody else happy, you might as well try to drain the ocean with a teaspoon. It's never going to happen. But if you're trying to make Jesus happy, listen, that is possible. All we got to do is cling to him and stick to his word. Now, there's a there's a song that we've never sang here before. It's a good song. And it's a you know, it's about 20 years old at this point. But as I was writing all this down the other day, this song came to my heart. And this song's called Give Me Jesus. Listen, you can keep your popularity, you can keep your Instagram followers, you can keep your whatever it is you want to keep, your comfort, keep it all. Take it, but give me Jesus. You can have all, you can take it. All I want is Jesus. And so after hearing what we've looked at today, I asked Josh to learn this song very impromptu last minute for me. And we're going to sing this together. The song's called, Give me Jesus. You can have all this world, but give me Jesus. Amen. So let's take a minute. We're going to sing this together. And I believe that uh, God's going to speak to your heart as we do it. Amen. But let's worship our Lord. In the morning, when I rise, in the morning, when I rise in the morning, when I rise and give me Jesus, and give me Jesus, give me Jesus. And you can have all this world. Just give me Jesus. And when I Give me Jesus, give me Jesus, and you can have all this world, just give me Jesus.
to him today. Oh, Father, we love you. Jesus, we only want you. Lord, we know that when we seek you first, you'll give us all the other stuff anyway. So why are we seeking that stuff? That other stuff won't give us you, but you will give us the other stuff, God. We love you. We praise you. And Lord, we commit to you today, just like you stood for us, we'll stand for you, God. Even when other people come against that, Lord, you stood for us when other people came against us, God. You've been there in every moment. And just like you spoke to those disciples way back there in the book of Mark, you said, don't be afraid. I'm here. Lord, we know you're with us. And God, we want to make that same promise to you. Jesus will be with you always, even to the end of the world. We'll never leave you. We'll never forsake you. No matter who wants us to, we'll never forsake you. We love you and we praise your name, Jesus. You are good and your mercy endures forever. Give us the strength to stand for you no matter what. We thank you, Father, that you are with us. You are our everything. We don't need anything else. You're the shepherd. We don't need anything else. We only need you. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. Can we give the Lord some praise today? Amen. I, man, I don't know about you guys. Well, I've, he's done too much for me to look back, man. He's brought me too far. He's brought me through cancer. He's brought me through all this stuff. I don't, nobody else. I don't need anything else, man. I need Jesus. He's so good to us. Praise the Lord. Amen. Well, I want to pray over everybody here today. Very, very soon we'll be opening the altars again for prayer at the end of services. Uh, amen. That's that's going to be happening really soon where you can come up and we'll lay hands on you. But I do want to let you know, if you ever want one of us to lay hands on you, hey, man, 
I got the anointing oil with me, man. I'll just, I'll, I'll pray for someone at the drop of a hat and I'll drop the hat just to pray for somebody. Alright? So if you need prayer, get me, dad, anybody else in here. You know, we aren't the only ones that can pray for people. You all can pray for each other. We'll lay hands on each other. Amen? But praise God. I want to pray over you today and dismiss you. But I want to say this, that if you're trying to make yourself happy and that's all you care about or you're trying to make other people happy and it's not going to work out you've got to make jesus happy that's all that matters amen they can have all that give me jesus amen amen all right well praise the lord we want to remind you that um, we got service tonight at six o'clock it's going to be awesome children's church my dad is preaching part three of his anointing series it has been really really good and so uh, he's going to be talking about how you can get more of the anointing in your life and discover the anointing that God's already put on you. It's going to be awesome. So be here tonight at 6 o'clock. It's going to be absolutely incredible. And I challenge you also, man, we just said it. We're living for Jesus. Next Sunday, we're going to be passing out some invitations that we're making. And it's just for you, man, to make it easy for you to invite somebody to church on Easter Sunday. Why? Because of all days of the year, that's just about the most, uh, the best day that someone's going to say, okay, you know, I should go to church. It is Easter after all. That's your best day to get somebody to come to church. But here's the thing. They'll come with you on Easter and they're going to love the word of God so much that they're going to come back the next Sunday and the next Sunday and the next Sunday, right? Next thing you know, they'll be crazy like we are, (laughs) right? Praise God. Well, we're going to close out in prayer. And then we're going to speak some words of faith over Barstow. But I encourage you, man, this week, live bold, live proud for Jesus. And if somebody says, you believe that stuff, say, man, I don't only believe it. That's the entire foundation of my life. That's the only thing I care about. Amen. Well, praise God. Can you raise your hands one more time? I want to pray over you. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you, Lord, for what we've seen in the word of God today. And we refuse to be like those people in John 12 where it said, when push came to shove, they cared more for people's approval than they cared for the glory of God. We are not like that. We care more about the glory of God. We care more about your approval than anybody else. We declare that boldly today. So God, I pray right now in the mighty name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth that every single person here today, they're leaving today with the anointing of God. They are the light of the world. Everywhere they go this week, they will testify of you. They will not be ashamed. They will be proud of what Jesus has done. Give us the chance to show your love this week. And on top of it all, Lord, we've got your promise that the angel of the Lord surrounds and defends all who fear him. According to Psalm 37, your angels surround and protect us everywhere we go. We are not afraid. We are bold. We thank you for a great, awesome, healthy, prosperous week. Bless the homes. Bless the marriages. Bless the children. Bless the health. Bless the finances. We thank you for it. In the name of Jesus, everybody said... Amen. Let's speak some words of faith together and then you're dismissed. We declare that Barstow is a blessed city. Our families are blessed. Our schools are blessed. Our churches are blessed. Barstow is healed. Barstow is prospering. Barstow is safe. Barstow is strong. Barstow is surrounded by the walls of God's salvation. Barstow is full of love, joy, and peace. 
Barstow is full of the glory of God. Barstow is coming to Jesus. Barstow is saved in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. I think my wife's got something to say. I don't know what it is, but. Why does he always feel afraid? I'm not afraid. It's like not that scary. Anyway, if you are part of the Warfare Prayer Team, you have a quick meeting here at the front briefly with Miss P. And we love you. You're dismissed.